0: Hello, welcome back to Better Questions Podcast. My name is Matt. I'm so grateful you have joined us today. We have some great questions coming in. One of the questions, which comes from my own mother, Julie, thank you for sending in this question. How do I engage with friends who have deconstructed their faith and have left the faith? What are good questions to ask? This is a, a really good question and a relevant one, and it really deserves its own full podcast uh, which I think at some point we will do but just to give some initial thoughts off the top of my head I'm, I'm thinking about this a lot because um, this word deconstruction is kind of a buzzword for our times back when I was in college we just called it doubting um, and it's sort of the new the new term for that and in some ways you know I had my own deconstruction experience when I was in college although we, you know, we didn't call it that um, I remember my story quite clearly where I uh, was wrestling with you know, my faith in general, and I ended up reading a book at Barnes & Noble called uh, A Letter to a Christian Nation written by an atheist, Sam Harris. And I remember this uh, book really affecting me, and I had started asking some really difficult questions, and it, it began a sort of journey for me to search and search my own heart, search my own, um, ask the hard questions about whether I really believed what I believed, because here I was, this this leader, Christian leader leading a worship team, I was leading uh, youth groups and doing different things, and I'm in these positions of leadership, but I was wrestling internally deeply. And so the first thing I would say is, whenever you're, you're talking to someone who's in that process one, remember that this is not just a cognitive struggle. So it's, it's not purely, well, the, logically none of this makes sense. It's often one that's very, very emotional. And part of why it's so emotional is, is so often faith is much, much more about being brought up and it's it, it deep ties to family, deep ties to your experiences in your adolescence and your, your teens and a time that is super formative. Um, And so when all of a sudden there are cracks in the veneer and there are questions about the faith you grew up in, it's a deeply emotional thing. And rarely is it just, well, I just stopped believing. And so often I begin with, well, tell me your story. Tell me when you started to deconstruct your thoughts. Tell me where you feel like the church has not been a good witness to what they claim to believe. Tell me the moments you've, you've been wounded by the church because oftentimes these are the stories that sort of paint the bigger picture of what's going on. Because again, rarely, I don't think in any situation that I've had in a conversation have, um, I've been able to give someone an answer that sort of solved their doubting problem. It's like, oh, you're doubting? Well, here's the answer to your problem. But rather, these these where I've seen progress and where I've seen people sort of come out of, of, of this thing in, in a way where their faith has been reconstructed is when we've been able to actually look at the origins of their faith, so so their family origins of their faith, what the, the church they grew up in, the religious spaces they grew up in, and be able to identify places that were not in line with the teachings of the scriptures, that were not... Um, that were manipulative, or that were abusive, spiritually abusive, or uh, we're legalistic, or did not reflect um, what I think is what Jesus calls us to—who um, to be and, and how to live in this world. And so, that, that's a big thing: is asking, just looking at moments and trying to identify where where some of those traumas are. There's another piece to this too, and I, I think about just how this word deconstruction has become such a popular term in the last five years. Whether it's high profile Christian celebrities who post their deconstruction manifesto on Instagram, Josh Harris comes to mind, um, and others who, like Marty Samson from Hillsong or, or whoever, they, they have this big long post that's sort of like, hey, I am going through this thing. I am leaving behind the faith of my past. And and so what's happening and what's really interesting in my observation is there are new communities being formed um, where people can share their deconstruction stories. So for example, there's a a group on Facebook that I infiltrated, more so just for research purposes, but um, called Exvangelical, an exvangelical community are those who have left their evangelical faith. And it's a place for them to sort of gather and, and find church. Because really there's a void that is left when people leave the faith, where there's a longing for the type of community they once had. But what I'm, what I'm observing in these communities is that there is no structure. There's no leader per se. And, and so oftentimes it's just sort of a, a space of chaos. Where you can tell people are longing for that community and that structure and that and that hope that they had, but they can't seem to find it outside of their their former faith. And so, one, I have immense immense compassion for people who are going through this these seasons, um, and yet I think sometimes. Um, there is something really profound that can happen for someone who has deconstructed their faith and then reconstructed something far more beautiful and true to the God of the scriptures. So all this to say, I think there are two extremes. There's the one side that says, embrace your doubt. Doubt is good. It means you're evolved and that, you know, your your silly childhood faith is bogus. There's another side of that um, that says, don't doubt. Doubt is bad, doubt is evil. You should just, you know, believe what you're told and all will be better. And I think both of these are, are are wrong in different ways. And so I think there's a third way that sort of invites us into a, a way that rejects this sort of ideological zealotry that rips people apart. And this middle way is the way of Jesus. I think it's the most true and authentic way to engage with our struggles and doubts. And um, does so in a way that actually seeks to build something new as opposed to just tear down. Okay. And we can get into the, the weeds with the word deconstruction, which is derived from the philosopher Derrida and, and kind of go into the, the deep trenches of that, but I, I would rather keep this here. So real quickly, I'm going to, I want to talk through sort of the three stages. Um, that I think are helpful in what we'll call the theological journey. You have the construction stage. Okay, This is the stage where you came to believe in Jesus. It's the your faith family of origin. Uh, for me, that's growing up in church, that's summer camps and youth groups and places and spaces where I came to grow in faith in Jesus. Um, here's where you're taught how to pray, how to live, et cetera. And, um, you know, in the early days, like those deep core beliefs, like I didn't question them. I just believed them, and and they were true. Jesus rose from the grave, awesome. Moses parted the Red Sea, and it seems logical. Like, I just didn't even really have a struggle. But then there were things that like, in hindsight, I look back and think, oh yeah, I really believe these things. Like, that God is a Republican. Or maybe that Halloween is Satan's birthday and that you can't celebrate it. Um, Or like, (laughs) some weird things that like, Anyone who drank beer was going to hell. Like these these are obviously silly things, but like there were parts of me that believed in some of these fundamentalist ideas and I didn't question it. And so what happens is as we grow, as we learn, as we our, our, our minds expand and we have new experiences and um, we begin to see the spaces where our faith family of origin were not perfect. And guess what? Nobody's is. Your upbringing in the church had its flaws, regardless of what denomination you grew up in, regardless of what um, religious uh, experiences you've had, all of them have some level of brokenness. And that's part of what it means to be humans in community. And so what happens for a lot of people is at that point, um, you go through deconstruction and you begin to deconstruct the whole entire ship like if, if there are cracks here if you know what i was taught growing up was in some ways contrary so i'll give you an example let's say growing up i was taught um that you know drinking was this horrible sin and that alcohol was the devil and then i read a passage where jesus turned water into wine all of a sudden there's a cognitive dissonance and i'm like well wait a second the whole thing must be wrong And that's where I would encourage whoever you're having these conversations with to pause for a second and say, well, well, wait a second. Let's, what are we actually deconstructing here? Are we deconstructing the words of Jesus? Are we deconstructing um, what what the scriptures say about the church and about who the church should be? Or are we deconstructing our religious experience? Because I think so oftentimes we throw the baby out with the bathwater instead of really being reflective and thinking about this. Um, Because at some point you come to realize uh, that the mess Christians have made historically is not something that you can just ignore. Um, There's a great quote uh, by Gerald Sitzer, He speaks to this. He said this. I'm going to read this because I think it's helpful. He says, when the church is functioning at its best, there is simply no community on earth that can rival it. But when the church is functioning at its worst, there is no community on earth that can do as much damage. History itself proves this point. The church has served untold millions, as is evidenced by the number of churches, hospitals, orphanages, schools, and relief agencies that Christians have founded and operated. But the church has brutalized untold millions, as the medieval inquisition and the religious wars of the 17th century also demonstrate. Look, at the end of the day, this is messy. There are so many times where the Christian religion has been leveraged to do harm to people. I think of the way the Christian community has treated the Jewish community historically, has been awful. And while certainly, you know, I think it's it's, it's a little bit myopic to, to say, well, you know, Hitler, it was his Christian beliefs that led him to Nazism. And I'm like, nah, I don't quite make that jump, but I do see how in many ways christian nationalism and um certain parts of religion were leveraged in order to manipulate and control people and how tyrants like a hitler and others have used those things and so look yes we should absolutely dismantle and critique and deconstruct the places and spaces where religion has been leveraged for power absolutely that is healthy and good and it's the only thing i think um in humility that's going to help in winning over a generation that is deeply skeptical. We have to acknowledge that the messenger is always human. And whatever vessel or, or, or preacher or um, professor or author is, you know, recently I I went through this sort of whiplash of one of my favorite speakers and writers, Robbie Zacharias. Um, it was like months before when they had his funeral and it was one of the most celebrated funerals and people were just so in awe of this man's legacy when come to find out after his death, it was revealed that he was living a double life. And like, this is this is a hard pill to swallow. And this is probably a podcast for another time, but what do we do with that? Again, these are the kind of things that we need to deconstruct. And so I say this, um, I would argue that deconstruction in doubt is actually the Spirit's invitation back into a more truer community, okay? So there is there is a difference between good deconstruction and bad deconstruction. I think good deconstructions are those moments where we recognize that something we believe about Jesus is not actually Jesus. And it leads us to go back to the scriptures and to seek hard questions and seek answers. But good dis- deconstruction doesn't just tear down just to leave things in ruin, but seeks to rethink, rebuild, and is more intellectually honest. Yeah, so so the, there's the deconstruction stage, and then lastly, the reconstruction stage, which, again, if I'm talking to someone who's going through this, and part of my job is to identify, like, okay, so w- what are the things that we need to deconstruct in a good way? And then seek to ask questions to, to discern that. And again, I, I point people who are in this season always, always back to Jesus, back to his words, back to his teachings, back to that. And I ask the question, does did the faith community you grew up in accurately reflect this? Because if it doesn't, um, that doesn't mean you need to throw out Jesus. And if you can start there. I think starting starting back to the, to the core of who Jesus was, what he said, I think you can begin to reconstruct faith, uh, one that probably in the end is gonna be more true. And finding a community that um, isn't perfect, but is accurately teaching the scriptures is super important. That is, um, you know, has a, a community that's not just about knowledge but is living out their faith that is authentic that all those things are super important but again this deserves its own podcast i will end this question for now and great question julie send in more uh, we will continue to have these conversations thanks everybody hope you tune in to next podcast we will see you again if you have any questions uh send them in better questions at eastminster.org or go to our website eastminster.org better questions This podcast does not happen without questions, so send them in, and I want to keep having these dialogues. Thanks. And grace and peace to you.